This episode, we are joined by Luke Dupron. Man, did he have me fired up. Ron, I was ready to run a marathon after that. No kidding, Corey. I mean, I'm just going to quote something Luke said. Are you going to show up healthy for your kids? Man, that one struck home with me. You know, is that going to be a core excuse or a core driver? Let's get to it. If you are like we were, stuck and searching. There is so much out there. We were searching and searching. So we decided to follow our passion of helping people achieve their goals, helping others that are feeling stuck. On this podcast, we plan to cut through all that noise, give you actionable steps from highly successful people so that you can have better foresight through others' hindsight. This is Hindsight Hacking. Today, our special guest uh, is Mr. Luke Dupron. He's an online fitness and lifestyle coach and host of the Live Great Lifestyle podcast. His mission is to help entrepreneurs and high performers level up their health, physique, energy, and confidence so they show up to their greatest potential in their business, relationships, and life. With the belief that there is no wealth without health and that exercise should highlight your life, not take over it. He uses minimal effective dose exercise, nutrition, and lifestyle strategies to help you create lasting physique and lifestyle change. Thanks so much for joining us today, Luke. Yeah, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Not a problem, Luke. I, I'm, I'm excited to kind of hear your backstory and stuff. And I know we were just kind of talking about, you know, now is when people actually start their process. Before, but before we get into that, can you give the audience just a little bit about you and some background? Sure. Um, you know, I'm a Midwest guy originally out here in sunny San Diego as for anybody who's listening in a gloomy winter weather, I always like to rub that in. Um, <laughs> so, it's you know, I, yeah, right. So, you know, growing up in the Midwest, like, like most, I think, you know, young guys, I played sports and was always uh, interested in, in being active. And then in college, I, uh, you know, I had a, a big shift in my life sitting in an, account, an accounting class going to school for international business, realizing I absolutely hate everything about this and looked around at what I was actually doing and enjoying to do in my free time, which was, I was reading about nutrition and exercise. So pretty quickly, my uh, junior year jumped into the kinesiology department, graduated with a degree of exercise science, and um, I've kind of been involved in the industry in a number of different ways really since that point. Um, you know, the big turning point for me was actually having an injury and uh, I ended up working as a corrective exercise specialist out here in San Diego for a, for a really good rehab studio. And, you know, I've done everything from personal training, worked with the Olympic athletes, professional fighters to really kind of where I've settled in now today, which is um, working with high performers and helping them really step into it from like a lifestyle strategy. Um, because I do realize there's a lot of tactics, but implementing is a whole different game. So really, it's been a, uh, a bridging of passion from a young age of just fitness activity, liking to work out and realizing, Hey, there's a career here with this. And it really met, uh, met in the middle with a, an ability to make an impact with people, which is where it kind of merged into what it is today. So that's kind of the, uh, that's kind of the back background, I guess. So, uh, in your, your intro that I gave, you talk about dose exercise. Uh, would you mind sharing exactly what that means for us that, uh, 
are a little <laughs> less knowledgeable in this area? Yeah. So, you know, I think um, there's a huge disservice that I think the fitness industry itself has actually done for a ton of people, almost the majority of people really, or anybody who's probably struggling to step into this as a lifestyle and actually see real lasting change. And it's this um, a misunderstanding of what it actually takes to get healthy and fit. And from the outside looking in, you know, you look at Instagram models, fitness models, and you have this idea that you have to live, breathe and eat exercise. And it is going to basically consume your life. And if you're somebody who's running a business, if you're a parent, all of a sudden you start to think like, I don't have the time for this. This isn't realistic. So the reality is there can be a much more minimal effective dose strategy that you can take. And uh, here's the overarching framework that I would kind of tell people that they're looking to step towards if they want to be lean, fit, healthy, you know, live, I think, a pretty active and healthy, uh, fun life. And it really comes down to we need to have a level of strength training. And we can do this probably three to four times a week. And those workouts really don't have to be longer than 45 minutes. The rest of it can actually come what I'm going to call movement. And this can be fun stuff. So most people, they turn movement into cardio. They're going to go to the gym, get on a treadmill and do something they absolutely hate, which is probably the worst <laughs> recipe that you could ever go. So instead, we could do things like, hey, you guys are out there in Colorado. Instead of getting on a treadmill, go hit a trail, hop on a mountain bike. There's so many fun activities that you could do that you could install into your life that are actually going to move you forward in your health and your fitness and your physique. Um, and that needs to be a big piece of it. And then the same thing from a nutrition standpoint. So, you know, nutrition gets so ideological online. Um, people are, you know, people are vegans. They don't eat vegan. People are paleo. They don't eat paleo. And instead, we again can take kind of a minimal effective dose or a minimal effective dose strategy towards this and just come up with some, some basic things that we can implement into our life. Like, um, go-to meals that we're going to consistently eat that fit within maybe a framework. And it can really become something that um, you can sustain when you travel for business. You guys mentioned you're going to be coming out and you're going to a conference and it's like, well, how do you navigate that? I won't have my diet plan. I'm not going to have my little Tupperware. What am I going to do? And it's like, there's still a way to do this by just setting up more frameworks. And it really starts with those kind of three pieces. Nice. I love how you're talking about, yeah, you do need some gym work, but just activity and getting out there you know, and, and getting either on a bike or just hitting the trails, where do you kind of start people off? You know, so like we were talking earlier and I kind of tease now is the time people will kind of either get back on the horse cause I fell off in January. Right. Yeah. Or they're yeah. like, okay, January happened. I really didn't do it. Now I'm ready to go. What, sure. what do you do with them? Yeah. So this is where, you know, as a coach, my coaching is extremely individualized. And again, this is where I see some fail points. Like, I mean, I have a course that even it is meant to be flexible for people to um, install these pieces into their life. That's going to work for them because again, you could go find any old program, but if it's not going to fit within the bandwidth of your life, like great example would be, I could get you all pumped up and be like, all right, Ron, you're going to work out 6am every day and you're all pumped up to do this. We get off the call and I call you back in three months and say, so how are you doing? And you go, well, you know, actually the 6 a.m. didn't work out because, you know, I, uh, I got to take my kids to school at 630. So yeah, I had to get them lunch yeah. or breakfast cooked and then that didn't work. So like terrible strategy. So when I work with clients, we really look at where are they at and everybody's starting point is obviously going to be different and we're going to install those pieces. Um, kind of one at a time. So, I mean, some people will do multiple, multiple things, meaning we're going to install just movement. But if you're completely sedentary, you could start with the movement category where, 
hey, I'm just going to get out and go for a walk. Or it could be, again, do something fun. Like, I'm going to take up salsa classes and uh, get out and get moving. And then maybe we slowly install the resistance training side. And again, we'll slowly install some nutritional strategies with the end goal of we're slowly ratcheting this up to where we just set new standards and new hard lines from which we're operating from. If you try to go zero to hero, truthfully, um, I see the same people going zero to hero all the time on some new Facebook challenge, some new 21-day detox, and uh, they're the same people who are unhealthy fit, um, not happy with their physique, and they're always in the restart mode versus strategically ratcheting it up. And uh, so to, to try to give you a succinct answer, where do you start? You start here. Where is the guaranteed minimum standard that you can absolutely do for the next two weeks? I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this show, but that you can no BS hit guaranteed. Like nothing's going to come up. There's no work fire that you're going to have to put out. Minimum standard. Now, if you hit above that, that's great. But what is your guaranteed minimum standard of workouts? And again, from a nutritional strategy that you can do. That minimum, you know, it's funny you mentioned that minimum viable standard, but for Ron and I, like, as we launched the show, uh, it was one of those, like, we have a thousand things we want to do, but yeah. it was the minimum viable conversation that we had often. Like, okay, no matter what, even though we want to do these 10 things, we got to get these two things done today, right? right? And that's how we went from no show, you know, on Thanksgiving to having a show New Year's Day, right? Totally. So, I mean, that definitely can apply for everywhere. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, and it builds momentum. And this is the key, man, like up here in your mind, as far as when you start to do what you said you were going to do, man, it becomes a powerful force that's really hard to slow down. So uh, a question for you regarding your clientele, um, you know, in your past, you've dealt with MMA fighters, Olympic train, training folks. Uh, I mean, how do you go from, from that? And what do you teach those guys or gals to someone like myself or Ron that are, you know, we, we move a little bit as we walk uh, a lot, but we, we're not as active as we should be. And we know that for sure. Sure. No, we, we, we walk to get to a place we have to be. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, well, you know, originally in, in my career, I actually did a lot of personal training with let's, I'm going to call you just, you know, the average people, right. Um, the, the, the non-athlete, non-professional world. And, um, I saw a lot of people struggle and again, getting hurt led me into this rehab studio. I mean, like I saw people struggle and didn't get results. And here's the problem I found with in-person personal training, which is why it shifted into kind of the model I have now. The problem with an in-person trainer, it's good for, again, taking an elite or an injured person that needs to do biomechanics, which is what I was doing with these high level athletes. We're basically doing corrective exercise. So they're we're optimizing what they're doing to a real high degree so they turn more muscle fiber on and get more out of what their, their workouts are. But if you take somebody who needs to, say, step into it for more of a lifestyle strategy, if the only way you're willing to get a workout in is because you show up to your trainer to do the workout, you've already lost. You have given them the power. They are pacifying you, and you are not stepping into a greater version of yourself because there is no level of autonomy and control. So the online model, I realized, and it took me a while because I'm like, I can't do corrective exercise online. There are people that do. I wouldn't feel good. I couldn't, I mean, I'm mashing tissue. I put people on a table, stretch them. We would retest movements. Can't do that. But what I started to realize with the online model, I could solve the piece that was failing those original clients that I really did want to help, which was helping people step into it to the feel healthy, have energy that are showing up more in like a more powered state for their, again, their kids for their fiancés, their wives, like to really level up the life, 
there has to be a space of growth, but there has to be a level of accountability. The problem with an in-person trainer, there's not that space of growth where you have to go step up and do the work. So the online side has allowed me to bridge meeting, meeting digitally like this every two weeks where we set the standards, having accountability documents that we share. Um, that has been a much more effective way for, again, non-athletes, non-professionals who are juggling all sorts of shit in their life, right? Careers, families. It's like if the only way you're going to do it is because, you know, somebody is going to babysit you through the workout, I guarantee you, you will go and make poor decisions later on your food. You won't get the activity because you're still the same guy. It's trying to grow you into a newer version. Yeah. You haven't, you haven't made the changes. You're, you're depending on somebody else. You haven't made up your own mind to, to exactly. make those changes. So, yep. you know, I, I love the greater version of yourself. I wrote that down, um, you know, and, and you're taking the approach that, you know, Corey and I take when we're helping coach people is on goals, you know, set the small goals. So you get some wins and you get some win behind your sales. And then those bigger goals, they seem achievable because your mindset's right. Totally. Right. So you're kind of, you're kind of working on their mindset as well. Oh, it's a, it's well, truthfully that I should mention, that's like the starting point is it's like, I mean, I have a whole video series. Basically everybody has to watch. It's like, you got to go through your big why. It's like, you need to come up with like, what is the real reason that you're doing this? And it needs to get deeper than the surface level. And then you need to enroll yourself into it repetitively. Um, I actually encourage people to do it in front of the mirror, energized, um, because this is hard. There is going to be stuff that's going to come up to where you're going to be like, screw that. I'm not going to the gym or I am going to eat this bad food and, and, or, oh my God, I did eat the bad food. And now what, what's going to keep you pushing through is again, that big, deep core motivator. And if we can get to a really good one that really speaks to, um, again, like your heart, you will push through pretty much whatever does come up, but you got to approach it with a growth mindset. And then again, we got to work on some identity because identity will drive behavior. And so, yeah, the mindset stuff's huge. And again, that was working when I worked with in-person, uh, uh, this is always kind of a fun one to tell. I remember working with a client who, you know, became a friend. This is when I was doing more personal training and we're talking one day in the gym or in the studio and he goes, well, yeah, but this is easy for you because you're a fitness guy. And I look at him and I go, and I, I'm like, I won't, I'm not going to say his name. And I'm like, hang on. I'll call him John. I'm like, John, I'm like, you're in here three days a week. I'm like, I'm only working out three days a week right now. I go, and since I'm coaching you, you're doing my philosophy of training. So we're basically doing the same thing. You're a fitness guy. But he never made that leap because he never became a fitness guy. He was John who went to his fitness guy trainer to have to take him through his workouts. And again, so that identity gap didn't get bridged. And that's huge. You got to bridge that gap. What do you find is the toughest challenge when dealing with mindset for for your clients, uh, in person or online? Um, I mean, it, for somebody to recognize that if they have a fixed or growth mindset is step one, like, um, if, if you have a fixed mindset, you, you just have to recognize that and then you got to work on it. But a big, probably one of the bigger challenges truthfully is, um, and I see this more with women than men, but men suffer from it as well is thinking that they ruined it or fell off and that they like took this big step back. And again, I think this goes back to the fitness industry and the problems with it, with fake radical results, quick transformation, BS nonsense, and thinking that weight loss is going to be linear because it's not. So um, 
having a long-term approach, like if you can get somebody who is already in their head thinking like, yeah, next year, like that's a hard place to start for somebody, right? To go to somebody and be like, I mean, Ron, Corey, imagine how good you're going to feel next January. Like, wait, what? A year? You're going to see amazing change in three months. But it's like, well, what about six months and nine months and 12 months? And the reality is that time is coming either way. Whether you do it or not, that time's coming. So if you can get somebody to like think longer term, I think probably on any goal, right? You're going to have way more uh, success for sure. No, I agree. I, I, my wife is much more disciplined on the fitness approach. Um, you know, I tell the story when we were dating, we, you know, we would work out all the time and she worked out all the time. She had a personal trainer. She, she had the lifestyle and then there's me right? I'm just, I'm dating her. Right. And so we go to this club and, and you know, the stair steps that are an escalator. Yeah. Yeah. So she, yeah sure. she goes 15 minutes one way, 15 minutes sideways, 15 minutes backwards, 15 minutes. Sideways. It's like an hour. And Jesus. I was like, look, if you don't want to date me, you don't have to kill me. <laughs> right. Because, <laughs> because I was not, I was not in that space. Right. But you know, she, what I've learned is, you know, I can be healthy differently than her. I mean, she's a lot more disciplined and, and she'll count the calories. She'll do the workouts. She, she, you know, blocks out her times to make sure she has that time. And I'm not quite there yet. You know, mm -hmm. so for me, I'm, I'm a professional excuse maker when it comes to uh, exercising. I will uh, say I, I have to work. I have family time. I have to sleep. Um, I have to drive. I have to do whatever it is sure. that I, is not exercise related because I haven't made it fun like i i have friends that exercise and they're having a ball and i'm like that is i haven't switched the mindset that it's fun yeah and well and here's the thing man to anybody listening to this who's kind of in that same situation where it's like i you don't like this yet everybody knows that person who's like started to get into working out and now all they do is like post their workout videos on Facebook. I mean, again, I do this. This is what I do for a living, right? Like I just posted content today. But like we all know that person right. who started working out and they, they don't shut up about it. And you're like, oh my God, dude, we got it. Like you're getting in shape. We've seen your chicken breast. Okay, we got it. But here's the reality. It's because they feel really good. So they've, it's like they found like this new drug in a way like that they're excited to share with the world. And most people... If you see it through, you're going to get that feedback loop. It gets pretty easy to do these things when there's the positive reward of I sleep better, I feel better, I'm having better sex, I got better energy, I'm more confident. Like there's so many things that are going to get layered on that continue to create the momentum once you get started. Now, to get past that like inertia in the beginning, yeah, there's strategies, tactics, coaching, all these different things to get you there. But there's a reason people become obnoxious with it because they feel really good. So it will become, I think, self um, fulfilling, but you're right. You know, finding some activities that are um, more enjoyable is one strategy or you go the other route, which is you become the guy who likes doing the hard stuff that you don't want to do. Like I enjoy that mindset myself because um, there are best strategies that we can do. Like strength training is going to be a pivotal and key piece. If you're, trying to optimize body composition, how you look. So if you don't really enjoy that part of lifting weights, well, there's less efficient ways to get you there, but that would be the most efficient. So how do you navigate that if it's not fun to you? Well, again, a mindset that you can adopt is you enjoy being the person who does the hard stuff that you don't want to do. That's a powerful place to show up from. That's one I like to tap into. 
And you guys out there, like you can do crazy gnarly hikes, right? Like you got 14 years you can go climb. So all sorts of like loops that you can tie in there as far as motivation goes. And so when you're, when someone is just starting out, what's, uh, you know, you go through the mindset with them and figure out where they're at, right. With, with their headspace. Um, you know, so if it's somebody that's like so resistant, uh, has the excuse wheel, I mean, what, what are those first couple of things you try to get them doing to build that momentum? Um, yeah. And again, this, you know, if somebody doesn't want to change, they're not gonna, right. I think we all know this, like we, we can all have a thought or a, you know, a, a wish of change. And I have worked with those people who are truly just stuck. And oftentimes it is mostly, um, psychological, uh, and they're not ready to grow. So again, this growth versus fixed mindset, like that is a starting point for sure. And if you're not there and like, you're not ready to do the work, I'm probably not the guy to help you. Um, you, you, that really does have, there has to be that initial flame that you're looking for somebody to else help you stoke. But if you don't have that initial flame, like it eventually will get forced upon you because you're so unhealthy. You're so overweight. You're becoming pre-diabetic. And now you're doing the same actions from a state of what I would call rehab rather than prehab. And it is a longer road down the same path where instead, if you can, again, I use something like I call it the big why. And it's like, well, why do you want to like, so let's just say lose weight. Like, why is that actually important to you? And if you've been married, so Ron, you mentioned you're married, right? How long have you been married? Nine years. Okay. Nine so years. you're nine years in at this point, I would assume that the, the, the wife enjoys and loves you for, for beyond this. But beyond this sexy body that you're rocking. Right. So, you know, is that going to be a core driver of like, Hey, I want to like look good. Well, when you're 23 and you're a single guy going out to the bar, that's probably like a big, big driver. Right. But now it maybe right. it turns into, Hey, I have kids and I realize that I say, you know, I do anything for my kids. I die for my kids, but will I show up healthy for them? And all of a sudden now that might tap into something that is a core driver and you really got to get down to like, what's the most important thing to you? Like no bullshit. What's the most important thing? Is it your job? I mean, I know some entrepreneurs I work with that if they were to say it, the job's probably more important to them than the family, which is unfortunately sad, but the reality is, okay, how would your job be improved if you were showing up more healthy, fit, energized, and confident? You speak from stage, well, you're the vessel. So how would your message be delivered if you're showing up physically better? If you had more energy, if you could actually put in another hour. So what's the most important thing? And then you need to enroll yourself in the belief that it's going to be impacted. Um, you guys know Ed Milet, right? Yep. The speaker. He probably has, yeah, I think, yeah. one of the greatest. Uh, I listened to him on a podcast and I absolutely love this. And I think it's a great example of this. He tells a story of going to the hospital um, and getting like his arteries checked and the doctor comes in and he goes, yeah, the doctor is a great salesman because he didn't come in and he goes, hey, you, you have these issues. And he said, Ed, you have a son, right? And he goes, yeah. He goes, okay. Um, you want to see him graduate? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, okay. He goes, uh, don't you have a baby on the way? And he's like, yeah. He goes, do you know what you're having? And he's like, yeah, I'm having a, a daughter. And he goes, okay, well, I got just a real simple question for you. Do you plan on walking her down the aisle or will another man? And it's like that for Ooh. him. Right. Like I don't, I don't even have kids and like do that. Right. That hurts me. Like, so for him, yeah. he enrolled himself in the belief that by not be not showing up to his greatest potential healthy and fit, another man is going to walk his daughter down the aisle. 
So does he make the right decisions and actually get into action? Absolutely. So again, it's got to be unique to you. Like what is the most important thing to you and how can you layer that into an improvement? And I always back that up with just because that intensity is there of like, this is meaningful. It doesn't mean the action has to be extreme. This doesn't mean you got to go work out three hours a day, every day and eat carrots and chicken, but that can still be the core driver to go do a sustainable approach towards it. Yeah. And that's actually one of the pieces for me where it's, you know, I, I, I find myself, I don't want to take the time away from my kids now, right. but if I don't do that action, I will actually end up taking the time away from them later in a very negative way. And you know what? It'll happen in a way that's much smaller than I think what people think. We all think, okay, I'm going to avoid the heart attack, right? And it's like, yeah, but are you going to be the dad? How old are your kids? Uh, well, we've got six, three, and just turned one. Okay. So yeah, man, like you're a great example of it. So it's like, are you going to be the dad who sits in the lawn chair and shouts at his kids when they play football? Or are you going to get out there and throw routes and run routes? And like those are the things that to me, when I think of having kids, again, kids are going to be somebody's excuse on why they do not have time. And they are somebody, I just made a video about this. They are somebody else's core driver. It's the same scenario. You get to choose. Is it going to be my excuse or is it going to be my core driver? And again, it doesn't have to be like, oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to die of a heart attack and my kids aren't going to be there. No, it's going to be, I'm not going to get to go experience the conversation I had with my kid where we're three miles up in the Rockies, both tired. And now he's telling me the story about the girl that he's interested in or whatever the like relationship type stuff that you're going to miss out on because you can't go do. And uh, so, yeah, man, obviously young kids are, you know, when you have a one-year-old, that's its own extreme life. But if you, uh, as far as your, your time constraints, being able to leave them, but to put nutritional strategies that are going to give you more energy, um, that are going to help you sleep better, it's going to help you manage, I'm going to call it the chaos of kids. <laughs> no, no, doubt, no doubt. I feel like the greatest way to stop drinking alcohol, because I feel like having a hangover if you had a little kid would be the worst thing ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, don't, they don't care if you have a hangover. They still want your yeah, attention. So exactly. I, I tell you what, just from this conversation, I feel like I, I owe it to my kids to go running right this second. I've, <laughs> we got to jump off and get way. moving. So, um, all right. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask one, another question, Luke, and I'm, just for my own personal validation. So you tell me if I, if I'm doing something right or not, and, uh, it's okay to tell me I'm not, but so for, I oftentimes for new year's, uh, for the, for goal setting, I try, I try to get too complex. And, uh, this year I want, I went into a different strategy for my health related goals. Uh, and so, for food and nutrition, I just made a commitment, no matter what, I'm eating one salad a day. And it's, you know, been, been like that now for three weeks, four weeks, and doing good. And then my other thing is, because I haven't made the time to go and work out, but what I have made the time to do is every single day when I wake up, for 10 minutes before I get in the shower, I'm doing some kind of body weight stuff, push-ups, plank, that kind of stuff. 5.30 in the morning, I'm doing that, and then by 5.00, 45, I'm awake before my coffee. And uh, so those are like two, two habits that I've implemented to start my path down that correct, you know, fitness, health and all that fun stuff. Dude, I, I love it. And yeah, man, I think those are, uh, those are great small little habits that you can install that can definitely, again, I'm going to use that momentum word. Um, love it. And obviously, you know, bringing any produce into our diet, we're bringing in fiber or phytochemicals. It's a low calorie meal. Um, 
tons of value from bringing in a salad. And then, yeah, having any morning practice that's bringing in mobility and movement, I think that's extremely useful. Um, where once you start to build that momentum now with that, where you take it is, and this is the delicate balance, right? You have people who focus only on the end result goal of say, the goal is like, I want to lose 20 pounds. And that's all they focus on. It's like, hey man, we need to focus on the actual activities over here of eating the salad, doing the, the body weight stuff in the morning. But then on the flip side, we also have people that, what is the goal? And are we just checking the box by saying we did X and X activity, but are we actually making progress towards the goal? So again, if it is say a weight loss goal, and I'm not saying this is for you, I'm just throwing this out there right, right now. If we had a weight loss goal and we think, okay, cool, I'm eating this salad and this is a good strategy to get me there, but then I'm eating way too many additional calories later, that becomes a mute point at that, at, at that time, right? And we have to then adjust. Right. So yeah, great. Um, both healthy activities to be able to do. Um, you know, another one in the morning is just to bring in some mobility work. If you guys are working at a desk, uh, Corey, I'll send you a little mobility thing that you could mix in um, that will you know, if you're already willing to do, do some stuff in the morning, love it. So yeah, man, those are great. Nice. Yeah. And you know, we're lucky. We actually get a walk around in the airport a lot. So if it's a slow day when I'm only at the 10,000 steps that the watch tells me I get. So I love um, that. That's a neat, right? Like there, there's a simple, like simple, simple thing. Like you can go sit on your ass at the airport or like, I don't like sitting still. So I like pace around the airport, like a crazy person that's lost. And, uh, like, like you could walk two miles probably in an airport on a layover or you could see yep. on your phone, you know? Exactly. Yep. Yeah, no, I love it. I, I think the one that really resonated with me was show up healthy. Say that again? You know, that, that show up healthy for your kids. That's yeah. the one that really kind of, I don't know, slapped me in the face a little bit. Um, you know, for that's me. That's your core driver. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Right. And, and a lot of entrepreneurs, they'll sit and look and go, okay, I'm doing this work. I'm doing this work. I'm doing this work to, you know, have this lifestyle. The problem is they're putting that above probably the most important thing, which is your family, your spouse, um, people that love and care for you, uh, for that maybe hopefully someday. Yeah. Time frame. Yeah. Right? See it a lot. We see a lot. Yeah. And, and it's, it's actually being present, being in the moment, uh, enjoy those moments and then create moments for them. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know? And then when you think of creating moments, it's like get strategic and do some creation that supports these other values. Again, if health is a value, Absolutely. Again, out, you guys are out in Colorado. It's like, what a crazy moment or cool moment it would be to, you know, when I'm, if I'm a 10 year old to get to go and hike in, do a two day hike and camp with my dad. Like, I mean, yeah. that would be talk about an experiential event that that kid's going to take with them for years that he's going to talk about, um, that probably, that would be some of the best times in his life. And that's also, again, allowing you to integrate like health activities that, that support that relationship. So it can all be intertwined. And again, this is what I mean by exercise should support your life, not take over it. Um, it, it shouldn't be sacrificing time with your kids. It could be integrating. It should be giving you more energy and gusto to, again, be the, the guy that's actually participating. So yeah, man, I love that. I love it. All right, uh, Luke, so let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, every time on our show, we, we ask one very specific question, and uh, then that kind of details or switches gears which, our, which, which way our conversation goes. But uh, so speaking of hindsight, you know, we know that vision is twenty twenty, right, if we had it. Uh, so if you could go back and give yourself perfect hindsight, 
sure. what advice would you give yourself and uh, what age or what, when would you have gone back to? So I think, and I, I have to put a little asterisk because I'm, I'm changing something, but I still want something else to happen with it. So I think what I would have potentially done differently was actually pushed college. Um, now, that being said, thankfully my fiance's taking a nap because I met her in college, <laughs> right? You but, can still meet her, just not yeah, in that's college. What I, I would have, yeah, I would have met her later. Um, but when, <laughs> when I look specifically in my situation with college, I don't technically need my degree to do what I do. I could just get quote unquote a personal training certification or like a life coaching certification. Now, did I obviously learn more than the average person who just becomes a personal trainer through one book? Yes. But the bigger thing and the bigger uh, area that I grew as a professional was when I worked here with um, some, some really high level people and I got more mentorship in that standpoint. So I think for me at 18 years old, going into college, not really knowing what I wanted to do. I'm doing all the general eds. I think if I could have changed it, I would have, and if I had kids, I think I would also present this as an option. I think I would have rather have like gone to Spain, tried to learn a language by through immersion, work as a dishwasher if that's what it takes, have a life experience for a year or two, come back at 20, 21. Because um, I originally planned on doing this after college. I was like, I'm going to move to Australia for a year. So I think for myself and I'm probably a, a lot of people, it's not to say you can't go travel um, now. You know, I've, fortunately, I've, we went to Ireland last year for like 16 days. But now at 35 with, a, you know, the girl, like, I don't really have the desire to go like just fall asleep on some random couch and like explore like I probably would have if I was 18. And so, yeah, man, I would have punted college. Yeah. Well, I think priorities change, you yeah, know, sure. and, and, you know, once once you, you know, have a fiance or a significant other, your priorities now shift. And then once you have children, everything that was important to you prior doesn't matter. You know, yeah, everything I, is really about them. Yep. They want everything. They're demanding. They want time. They want this. They want everything. And all of your wants, needs, and desires are kind of on back burner. Yep. So you really only have one time in your whole life that you can actually go do that. And that was that time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to do a little, I did a little traveling. I did go to Australia when I was 18 for a couple of weeks. And, uh, but to, to really like vagabond around, uh, at that point of my youth, I think would have been a really fun experience. So if you're 18 and you're, and your mom and your mom's telling you to go to school, tell her, forget it. You're going to go travel the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you heard it on this crazy podcast show. It'll be yeah, great. exactly. That's right. And it, um, it was from Luke, not from Corey or Ron. Yeah. It was from Luke. No, <laughs> not at all. So, when my, when my wife listens, cause uh, she, she picks up little tidbits and then ironically holds me to the, what people share on the show, which is, oh, I was like, it. you can't do that. It's my show, but it's, it's phenomenal. She's helping out tremendously. Um, where can everybody kind of catch up to you or follow you or get information from you? Uh, easiest way is just the live great lifestyle.com. That's the name of the podcast. Uh, that's, all the social handles on Instagram and Facebook. But if you go to livegreatlifestyle.com, that's probably the easiest way. Podcast is on there. Um, oddly enough, I don't talk a whole lot of health and fitness on the podcast, which I'm looking to do more of. Um, I more bring on like athletes, entrepreneurs. I'm more interested in the mindset of, of these high achievers, but I need to do more just small tidbit information. But, um, you know, I've had MMA fighters, UFC, uh, UFC fighters. I've had functional medicine specialists on there. Um, professional cyclist. I've had guys that uh, had a guy that went and did a seven day darkness retreat 
where he's silent in a dark room for seven days all alone. Um, Holy smokes. Yeah, another guy who's next week, he, uh, he set the record for taking a stock motorcycle to the highest volcano in the world and all of the adversity he had to come through that. So it's, it's, it's really stories of transformation like that, of people doing some really unique stuff to hopefully shift people's thinking on what they can do. Um, and, and again, I do have some health professionals that come on there, and I'll be bringing in more of those. But I really, again, the, the health and fitness piece, it's like, ah, it's so easy, people. It doesn't have to be so complicated. I can't sit here and talk about bicep curls for, for 45 minutes. So um, livegreatlifestyle.com, that's the easiest way to connect with pretty much everything I'm doing. No, that's great. I appreciate that. I think it's, I think it's unique that that's what your whole show is about. And, you know, you're, you're trying to get in people's mindsets, right? Trying to get their, their whys. Yeah. You, you know, I had a, I had a guest come on who, uh, who's a friend and we talked through his 130 pound weight loss and I put on Facebook, I go, who has questions? And it was amazing to me how many people, you know, it was like, well, what's he eating? And it's like, look guys, Get, losing weight just means a caloric deficit and there's a hundred different ways to skin the cat. We got to find the one that works for you. But it was amazing that people are looking for like the tactic, the trick, the hack that he's doing. And you know what the, the hack was? It was his kids. It was one moment at a park when he lost his breath and he thought, I got to be here for this kid. He's one years old. My dad, my kid's not going to not have a dad. And it instantly changed his life. And it's like he could have used any nutritional strategy to have success because the internal core driver was huge. Absolutely. Yeah, you uh, recently had a show, uh, Martin, I think it was Martin Grun- Grunberg. Yeah. That, his, that habits to that, uh, no, Habit, Habit Factor. Factor. Habit mm-hmm. Factor. That was a, a great show. And, and I think you were on his show and vice versa. And yep. Anyway, uh, it was great. Uh, but uh, do you, so, so you're, you have an online course about living I, in, in the lifestyle so, or what's, what's kind of? Yes. So, you know, for people who I obviously, when I work with people, it is fairly involved. Um, they have access, a lot of access to me. So I have a small number of clients that I can really work with at one time. Um, so I, I put together a course, which to me is the best way. It is probably the least sexy marketable thing. It's not some 21 day jumpstart bullshit thing. It is really for somebody who's looking to make um, true change. Um, it's got, you know, it's got, it's got all the stuff you need, all the six months of workouts, all the nutrition, but it's got also how to manipulate and, and um, make it work for your life. So there's lots of lifestyle videos. And for people who are willing to play out, play full out and actually go through the content and strategically install the movement, the mobility, the resistance training, it's got all the resources you need, but more importantly, it's set up in a way for people to um, strategically install it for them. And, and that's the key because Again, you can go grab any old workout program, but if you're not able to do it because it's like, it's just not going to fit within your time constraints and, and your lifestyle, then you're just starting over again. And, and I really wanted to create something that, again, it's not maybe the most sexy marketing thing, but it'll work if you do the work and it'll even help you do the work. <laughs> nice. Nice. I love it. So, I love it. Yeah. So that's on the livegreatlifestyle.com webpage too. Well, I think uh, myself and Ron uh, are, need to go check it out right now and get going. So, uh, and I'm sure some of our listeners do as well, for sure. Awesome. Well, I'm always happy to answer questions for people who are struggling in this arena because I do really, really want to stress that it's not as hard as most people think, but the benefits are far greater than you currently realize. Thanks for joining us this week on Hindsight Hacking. 
And as always, we always like to give you two actionable takeaways. So the first one, mindset is your motivation. And as Luke said, enjoy being the person that will do the hard stuff that others don't want to do. Have that growth versus fixed mindset. And the second point, just get started. Get moving. Make it relatable to you. Do you want to do the health thing or the workout thing based on rehab or something you're forced to do out of desperation or prehab? Hey, that's great advice, Ron. All right, everyone, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a five-star review on iTunes. And while you're at it, tell a friend about the show. Be sure to tune in next week where we will once again hack someone's hindsight. And remember, you're the best part of the Hindsight Hackers community.